So, Darshan, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm really excited to learn more about your background. You're, you have a very interesting background. You started in uh, California, uh, or I guess you grew up in India, and then you came to the U- United States for education, started a company, exited, and then went back to India for your uh, investing ventures. So uh, we're going to get into all of that story today, and I'm really excited to learn more about uh, you know, all of those things. But let's start with, uh, with your background a little bit. Um, Start us off. Uh, uh, how did you sort of? What did you study, and how did you start that first company? Sure. So first of all, thanks for having me, Dawal. Uh, super excited to be on Startup Steroid. I think what you guys are doing is wonderful, and uh, glad to be part of it. Thank um, you. So uh, I think uh, I will start with uh, the educational background. So I did my bachelor's in computer science from Ahmedabad, India and uh, then came to us for masters in computer science for further studies and i did it from university of southern california usc um so la has been my hometown uh, first landed there so you know you have a natural affinity for the the first town that you land in so always la has been close to my heart absolutely uh, but uh, then just like all the computer engineers i think the the final destination is uh, the, the mecca of everything is bay area so after yeah. my master's, moved up there, uh, but still wanted always to be in California. So I ended up there. Uh, and then I started my career with Netscape. So around those days, Netscape was one of the heap and cool companies for the youngsters. And a very different background, very different culture, actually, than the typical uh, Bay Area startups. I think they were one of the first to kind of break the stereotypes of uh, IBM and workers and whatnot. So I remember still first day when I walked in and there was a TT uh, table, you know, instead of a receptionist. And I was like, where am I? Am I in the height of the building or what? Absolutely. Nice experience. So Netscape changed and uh, groomed me a lot. So I spent about five years at Netscape working on different server products. Um, and then uh, I joined uh, and, and founded a company called Affinity Circles. And we were into, this is right about the time when Facebook and LinkedIn and all the social media hype started. So we wanted to create um, uh, a portal for alumni organizations because they were all going to the different uh, social media platforms and the alumni organizations wanted them to interact on their brand. So that's how we started creating private labeled social networks. And we had more than 150 universities, uh, you name it, like USC, Warden, um, uh, Stanford for that matter. Most of the uh, Berkeley, all the big brands were on our platform. And uh, we sold that out uh, to a company. And that was the time uh, when I decided to move back to India because Born and brought up in Ahmedabad and always an Ahmedabadi by heart. So always wanted to come back, <laughs> do something for the society and all that. So it was a logical break. And at uh, that time, around 2007, after spending about 12 years uh, in US, uh, decided to come back. Um, and when I came back, I joined uh, and taken care of, uh, I started taking care of a company called Automation Anywhere, which was very in a nascent stage at that time, about right. 20 have 10 to 12 people in Baroda. Uh, so, but they are into robotic. Yeah, sorry. No, no, I, I, I wanted to get, get to that, but I want to explore your 
the startup uh, story a little bit more because sure. uh, that that sounds really interesting. You know, a, a white labeled social network is, yes. is almost a foreign concept now because everybody's on Facebook. But okay. that that seems like a really interesting initiative. Um, yes. So tell me when you started that, and you said you exited in two thousand seven. What, how long of a period that was, and uh, what that journey was like? Right. So I think uh, it started around two thousand three, uh, and I think this is, as I said, it's a similar time frame, and all these uh, social media companies right now, Facebook, LinkedIn, all yep. of them started. And actually, it's very interesting that we were all on the same street in Palo Alto. Oh so, wow! <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was. Uh, I mean, right now, if I reflect back, like fifteen years ago, and it all sounds like wow, you know, what times we had, and we would walk <laughs> into each other's office, even in, including Mark Zuckerberg and whatnot, because they were also wow. young Stanford alums. We had all the Stanford alumni, young guys, also in our company. So it was oh, like wow. where everybody knew everyone else, and you know how the area is. You know, it's like yeah. at that time it was. It's like small entrepreneurs uh, community and all that. So we were all. I remember University Avenue, and um, so. Uh, but yeah, we all had kind of different models and all that. And I think we all right. did what we thought was the right uh, approach and all that. Right. And uh, uh, that was an amazing journey because uh, with hardly five or six people, but uh, the concept and the delivery. Uh, Kind of happened to 150 universities, and that showed that if you have the right concept and uh, you know and and uh, fitment to the market, then I think you need very 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 less selling efforts. So right. if you're spending a lot more selling efforts, then you have to kind of rethink your strategy. That am I trying to kind of uh, shove something down to the market's throat, which is not required? Am I swimming against the current and whatnot? Right. So. Right. But that was an interesting journey. So we've uh, and all the it's uh, all the alumni organizations were super receptive about it, and we had a huge success as well. Um, but uh, eventually, so uh, so that was about I think four years of of our journey. And uh, as I said, we've got all the big brands uh, of US, uh, more than 150 universities. Uh, That's fantastic. Uh, East Coast to West Coast, so all the universities covered. And they also also huge value, and we work with all the alumni organizations. And to wow. so that was yeah, that was uh, quite a big. Well, so that's that's fantastic. And four years ramp up is you know pretty exciting. And that that really feels like a roller coaster. I'm sure. But what was the exit like? Tell me. I don't know if you can disclose the company you sold it, sold it to or any specifics, but. Uh, how was that deal uh, like? Uh, because you guys were still a relatively small team, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was—it's all the data is confidential. So I think we yeah. didn't even disclose that because it was—it's uh, it, a private. Uh, totally company. fine. I, I understand. <laughs> but uh, but I think they they love the idea that we could have basically the value they saw was that we have an access to 150 alumni organizations with more than 10 right. million plus alums data verified. On our platform, right? Because ah, okay. the data we would directly get from the alumni organizations, and uh, the portal would come kind of uh, pre-filled or pre-populated, right? So, for example, right. right now, let's say I go on LinkedIn, and I say I've done masters in computer science, but there is no way for LinkedIn to verify, right? Or for you, Daval, to verify that you are talking to me and whether I have actually been to USC or not, right? right? There is right. no way. 
but when you are on the alums alumni organizations platform all those degrees and everything else comes pre populated so and it's read only kind of so i cannot wow. edit it so yeah when you and of course uh, alums have strong affinity there is a camaraderie with each other right for example yep. trojans so like you would like to help out other trojans and all that's a natural affinity Absolutely. so we would like to first go and look at the other trojans the other alumni on that portal which comes verified right that data and information comes verified so that was of a huge value so uh, could not disclose the other exit amount but i think that's what made us very lucrative although we were a team of only 7 or 8 people but uh, just the the fact that we could penetrate 250 alumni organization which is a tough sell because these are non technical guys so to speak right and right the media was just just coming up so uh, but they saw the value because they also want to do uh, something for all the alumni and they want them to interact and connect and network with each other so that's, that's how fantastic the- that's such an exciting story and uh, i guess you you also got out at right at the right time yeah. because 2007 and we all know what happened in 2008 okay. uh, late 2007 8 yeah. and 9 right uh, yeah. so that's fantastic you must have uh, sold the company moved back to india and been like you know what a relief that you got <laughs> just in time right <laughs> yeah but then uh, there was a flip side also that in india everybody thought that i must have run into some problems in us that's why i'm moving oh, right. back <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know it was a perfect timing i think i it, it was impeccable and uh, that's that great was a, to do something uh, right yeah. so let's continue the story when you came to came back to india what uh, you started uh, uh, with which company and uh, tell us a little bit about your role there Sure. So there is a company called Automation Anywhere that's headquartered yeah. in Bay Area, again San Jose. Okay. Um, again, very small company at that time, um, and they also started around 2004 or something. So they were about two, three year old company, about 10 to 12 year established operation, but about 10 to 20 people in Baroda, which is about 100, so about 70 miles from Ahmedabad, if you can. Uh, and, right. Uh, uh when i decided to move here uh they wanted somebody to run the india operation and everything the software development the product design everything was happening in india the workforce was in india of course all the executives were back in bay area so they wanted someone who's who is local and who can take care of all the teams and that sounded very interesting to me because i always that i uh, there is something Uh, about working with startups you know that I all that's always excited me you know that's maybe it's the the pace the the kind of unknown you know and kind of trying to make something happen out of nothing um so that's always gets uh, me out of the bed in the morning you know and uh, yeah. when there is an org chart and hierarchy that's when i lose interest in the company <laughs> <laughs> so when there is a hierarchy and all as like these are divisions and this are department i'm like now i'm out of here <laughs> so uh, the startups always like uh, you know uh, maybe i'm the hustler uh, or uh, that way or hustler sorry hustler yeah. that way you, you can uh, tell me uh, uh, tell me that but so I, that was very interesting and so i decided to join that company and uh, of course uh, engineering was my forte and then uh, uh, started doing the, the product designing as well. so product uh, conceptualization and all of that and also uh, taking care of their operations in india because as i said no executives were uh, on site so uh, then spent about 6 years next 6 years building some world class product lines and uh, that, that ride was amazing so we grew from about 10 people 
to about 160 people we wow. four offices in six years every time scaling up and you know to scale up a product company is very difficult compared to the service company you know service mm-hmm. company can grow like that because it's all about hourly charges and all that and you need just um, resources and manpower so you just hire and you just put them on the customer projects right But for a product company to grow i think you need to have the vision and you need to execute it and you need to continuously evaluate the market needs and stay ahead of the curve all the time you know and uh, yeah. then only your product company can grow otherwise uh, exactly. uh, it's very difficult for a product company to grow so for a product company to grow from 10 to 150 in 6 years was amazing uh, of course we introduced six new product lines and uh, revenues went multifolded and all of that so that was a very very interesting journey and uh, very exciting especially from gujarat which is not one of the tier 1 Uh, or cities or states of india like bangalore or pune yep. uh, for that matter right so yep. to find the resources who's uh, that are capable of working on this world class product so we always tell them that you are not competing against any local company you know you are competing against the engineers coming out of stanford and berkeley for that matter <laughs> so yeah. just to give them the perspective because them sitting 10000 miles away they have no idea like what this product is uh, they're doing in the market and all that and right now i'm very proud to say that uh, automation anywhere is a uh, world leader in robotic process automation we've got i think now more than 45 branches uh, in uh, all over the world in, like name it all the tier 1 tokyo hong kong you the seoul uh, wow. we have branches everywhere and we've got more than i think i don't now remember 5000 plus people and uh, uh, now got b- backing from softbank and even the salesforce ventures recently invested in automation anywhere fantastic so, yeah so so it's uh, it, it's been wonderful journey so that i was with automation anywhere uh, till 2014 um, so after coming back for about 6 to 7 years uh, i spent time with automation anywhere and that's the time that i again thought that it was a logical break uh, for me um, and to do something now on my own with all the experience that i have gathered and uh, uh, want to do something again from a scratch as i mentioned that once right. i reached a certain stage then i again reset myself and try to go back and uh, go back to the basics and go back to the startup level no so, absolutely yeah so so that's the that's the journey with the automation fantastic uh, So na- then uh, I know after that you started to do some uh, investing and you started you group uh, you sort of uh, created a group with a few of your friends uh, right. so t- let's talk about now the investment part of sort of your career and how you got into that absolutely so uh, as i said like you know everybody has multiple lives you know there was you would have also multiple lives when yeah absolutely college and school and then you have one life and then at one point you decide that no enough with this life now this is a second life i want to start and then again you say enough of with this life i want to do something else and maybe that's why you are back uh, or you are in west coast from east coast and exactly uh, absolutely yeah starting something new so so that was the time frame for me that now i i felt that uh, okay i worked enough in the in the industry with uh, multinational companies 
and whatever i wanted to achieve i have achieved in all the angles even creating a startup in the area and have a successful exit coming back to india and building a company from scratch working with the other teams and all that and then this was my third life where i decided that now i want to start helping the other startups um, you know so if i start my own company then i will have one company in 5 years and the city that i am in will have one company but if i create a platform where i can launch multiple companies and in 5 years i can have 10 companies you know and exactly. uh, it was not about uh, money uh, motivation for that matter but now it was like that now how can i scale whatever i have learned and how can i uh, scale in, in in the sense that uh, i uh, uh, pass that information i pass that knowledge to as many people as possible so that there is not only one darshan in andaba but there can be 10 50 darshans and um uh, so that was kind of the motivation that uh, what whenever i was working when i worked with automation anywhere i found that there is no uh, there is no shortage of passion or talent for that matter in my hometown or my home state mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but i think all they lack is right mentorship you know and just it's just because of lack of lack of exposure uh, i was lucky and privileged that i could go to us and i could work in beria and all of that but not everybody has that kind of privilege and that kind of uh, opportunity and uh, but that doesn't mean that they are not capable of doing great things right so so i'm like like how can i bridge the gap um, you know where i bring the experience i bring whatever i have learned to the table and uh, then they bring their passion their dedication and their talent and we can work something out then that would be great for the local markets and uh, for all the entrepreneurs as well so that's when i uh, we i joined hands with couple of other friends who were coming from similar background they were all software engineers coming back from us canada uh, been successful in india as well and also they are looking for the similar uh, uh, giving back to community kind of uh, uh, purpose right so we all right. got together that's when we found uh, a platform called md3 and uh, we decided that at that time we will uh, the first time entrepreneurs we will entertain them we will help them out from financial uh, purposes to the consulting purposes when the consulting would include the strategy designing the hire, even hiring marketing selling getting beta customers initially going to international markets even taking care of the back end operations like accounting and legal aspects and hr and what not right um so so kind of the whole enchiladas of uh, starting a, a successful company and right. uh, and uh, help them from all the angles and uh, so that's that's when we started that platform and again for next 3 to 4 years we launched about 9 to 10 companies on this platform uh, majority of them were uh, success uh, some of them we had to pivot we had to kind of put them on back burner we have to shift the founders to other directions and what not um, but overall we are very happy with what we were able to achieve in andabad um, which again as i said it's not tier 1 platform or tier 1 city uh, right. for enthusiasts so yeah. Uh, and of the of the that portfolio you had some really good exits also right yes yes so tell me a so, little bit about that <laughs> right so what absolutely so what we we decided to do was that we started taking companies in different sectors 
so that we can have and so that they can be complementary to each other at the same mm. time we create a very diverse portfolio for anybody else to have a look at md3 as uh, as a one stop shop to buy and get their hands into all these sectors right so that was kind of the strategy so one was a services company that uh, grew to about 250 to 300 people and recently they got bought over by a company in texas uh, so that was a very successful exit uh, the second one was the enterprise software they are into uh, actually the network management and monitoring and all that um, and that's a huge uh, business moving forward because uh, now you know everything's cloud private cloud public cloud hybrid uh, everybody's data and uh, cyber security is becoming very top notch uh, priority right. just recent take some recent events of us of russia hacking and all that so uh, but that was an enterprise saas model you know so that was very 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 different than the services company uh, and uh, saas was also starting where now in india people are ready to pay uh, the subscription <clears throat> you know to buy the enterprise software on demand right. otherwise everybody would think on prem you know on premise was the way to go and it was very difficult for us to bring them out of that mindset but that that did wonderfully well so mota data is the name of the company Uh, and again i'm not associated with md3 anymore since last couple of years but i'm just telling you the stories for right, me right, right. for for 3 to 4 years um so mota data is doing wonderfully well right now they are also growing more than 200 people again a product company pure software enterprise saas company coming out of ahmedabad so couldn't be prouder um then we have got companies into iot as well uh so iot was also on one rage um that was uh, back then yeah. it's still there but now it's little bit fading but uh, iot was the name of the game again 3 4 years back so we had a company in iot space as well we have one fintech company where we partnered with an australian based uh, cpa firm so they would provide the domain knowledge and we would provide the technical uh, expertise and all of that and we created one again enterprise saas product just for the cpas of australia Um, wow, okay. and uh, yeah and that's again you can white label so if you are a cpa firm you can come to our platform you can white label this product and you can pay the subscription you know and uh, you can have your customers on your brand interact on using our platform very so nice okay. there are some of the ones that uh, went internationally also very successful and uh, so that was the story of md3 uh some of the ones that did not work as i said iot we started uh, thinking something iot and uh, i think that was uh, uh maybe a little bit ahead of the curve or iot was still kind of getting its own definition refined um so because iot is like internet of things and it can mean so many things to so many people and so right. many different ways right so uh, sometimes that's what happen when you have like broader or larger picture and you don't have real very very well focused approach then sometimes you get tend to go in all the directions and you end up being nowhere so that was right. one company that we learned our lessons from where we went and to into the space uh, but i couldn't really uh, get the the nerve uh, of the market and the direction of the market that it was right. so we also struggled but for a company it is or 
startup it is very difficult to pivot uh, many times you know you can pivot two right. three four but if you keep pivoting then you lose your identity right um, you end up in identity crisis so yeah and iot I, I i remember you know two three years three four years ago iot was huge uh, before right. it wasn't right. It, it, that that right. shift happened relatively quickly uh, because people right. really couldn't figure out the right solutions for the right, right items. So you know the 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 tagline I remember here was uh, why do I want my toaster talking to my microwave? And exactly. <laughs> it was like I don't. So like that that uh, sort of disqualified the entire business model, right? Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, including the refrigerator. Like you know you can program your refrigerator ACs and they were all very sexy and glamorous concepts to begin with. Right. But I think that uh, where yeah, it did not materialize in the real world. And uh, but double, you need to understand that like all these all the startups, they are like the stock market. You know, they they work on the on the anticipation or the imagination. Exactly. Or absolutely. Coming or what's going to happen or what they think is going to happen. Right. So right. sometimes, yeah, the, the you know, the the market doesn't go that direction and may take completely some other direction or maybe some uh, breakthrough technology comes in, in, in and then suddenly the entire wave shifts over there. So, so that's a gamble whenever you are in a startup. So, yeah. But the, yeah, no, so you're learning all of these really important lessons as you're investing in all of these companies. Right. And I know about two years ago, you decided to sort of break out on your own and start right. your own venture. So let, let's yeah. talk about that a little bit, because that, that yeah. really is now you're coming into your own as an investor and uh, yeah. as a mentor to these companies. So tell me a little bit about that. So that's my fourth life and hopefully the final <laughs> Yes. <one. laughs> no, 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 it's good for six, seven years and then uh, fifth. <laughs> but uh, so, so again, interesting thing happened, Dawal. So, or maybe I'm growing old, I don't know what, but at one point then I decided that now enough with this uh, corporate or this enterprise software also, but now how I can bring the the, the enterprise or the, the IT technology or the company or whatever that I've learned and applied to the social enterprising level or, uh, you know, the, the social entrepreneurship level. So again, I'm now moving all the way to the society level. So which was always in back of my head uh, when, I, when I moved back to India that eventually, you know, you have that each, uh, then only you can move back and uh, that you want to do something for your country, for your society, for your city, state, whatnot, right? Um, so that each was always there. So then I decided that now maybe it's the time that I uh, somehow apply my learnings uh, into more of a social, uh, in, in a social setup and uh, how I can help companies or build companies that affects the society in general, you know. So enterprise SaaS, everything is perfect. Everything is great. They all, it's required. Uh, but once you have also it's done and dusted when it's done, um, then now the next is that now you want to give back and you want to do something for the greater good of uh, everybody. So, so that's where kind of my vision shifted a little bit. And that's when I decided to do something of my own, maybe because it is a very relatively uh, new uh, space, uh, very emerging and happening space in India. But as I said, uh, the social enterprising uh, and or the social entrepreneurship is something that's been um, now coming into existence just in the last couple of years, uh, two, mm -hmm. three years, uh, uh, 
widely. I mean, it's been always there. A lot of NGOs, a lot of people doing a lot of great work, but bringing technology and for greater good of mankind. Um, so that's when I decided uh, to uh, start my own firm uh, called Six Sun Ventures. And uh, uh, the whole idea was that I would like to now invest in the companies uh, that work with the society's betterment, you know, or right. for any kind of society related, uh, whatever the burning issues or whatever the issues that we feel, how we can address them and how we can uh, uh, help more companies in the social uh, enterprising space. So with that concept, uh, my wife and I uh, started this firm about two years ago. And um, so I think now this is the space that gives us utmost satisfaction, you know? So uh, because when you are doing something for others and uh, for people and society, of course, we are not at that scale yet, but uh, I think even when you help one or two companies that can help a uh, few other people in the society, you feel good at the end of the day. Absolutely. Uh, so the first you can step, help one or two people and still get that same feeling. So the fact yeah. that you're helping one or two companies, I think that that's a huge sort of achievement. Right. And you know, that that's sort of starting the flywheel right now, right? Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so in 2018, when we started, there is a company called Matru Bharti. So Matru Bharti was one of the first uh, regional uh, content company, uh, even in India for that matter. So they started with uh, the language Gujarati because they are based out of state of Gujarat in India. And uh, uh, I don't know if all the viewers know that, but in India, we have a statewide language. So statewide language, right? So if you are in Gujarat, you speak Gujarati. If you are from Mumbai, which is in Maharashtra, you speak Marathi. So each state uh, has its own language. And uh, that's that's where the diversity comes into play and uh, that's what's so unique about india and i am sure most of the viewers also know about it but uh, so matrubadi started in about 2014 and 15 time frame and uh, keeping this regional content in mind that there are a lot of people there is a lot of content that, and a lot of hobbies that want to write into regional language but then uh, they they don't go anywhere beyond certain point you know let's say you are a great writer you want to write something in gujarati you wrote a great novel but then it sits in your desk it doesn't do anything uh, because the right. publication houses would only go with uh, very well known and popular authors and uh, so you will not get your book published everybody doesn't have the money even to publish their book so right. they will forward through WhatsApp or Facebook and whatnot, but then that's about it. Whatever there, you're not monetizing it though. Exactly. You're doing that. And network reaches, they will reach there. Not yep. only that, let's say you have 500 friends on Facebook, but not everybody is interested in literature, right? For that that's matter, so yeah. you're forcing like they will read it, but then you would rather have 500 people who are interested in literature to read your yep. content, whatever you have written, right? And so that's where the challenge. And the similar way, if we saw it, that uh, the the readers uh, they also wanted to read a lot of contemporary modern uh, literature content coming from very young uh, young generations and all that, rather than you know uh, decade decades old uh, right. uh, standard, uh, which is great also. But then you would want to have some contemporary content as well. So. So we saw that there, or Matrubardi saw that there is a huge gap and they wanted to do something for that 
for bridging the gap. And that's why they created this Madhubarthi app where anybody can come and write and then we would uh, market it on their behalf. And we created this community also. So the community would come and sign in and then, you know, they can read your pieces. They can comment on it. They can provide you feedback, uh, suggestions, whatnot. You can create your own fan circle and, and whatnot. So, and this gives them also the revenue opportunity, you know, so for some them to earn as well. Yeah. So, so I, I think, uh, uh, I think a lot of people might be missing this because we're so, when you're in us, you're so focused on sort of English publishing and right. from what I, what I'm hearing, this company is essentially a pu publishing and distribution company. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I'm, you know, in my head, I'm envisioning, you know, Amazon Kindle or something reading books on right. it, but that the is problem is all the literature is in English. And Correct. India, you know, has these regional languages, you know, has, I, I think, something like 20 or 30 different languages and dialects. And right. each one has its own literature, its own novels, uh, you know, blogs, articles, things of that nature. And now you're essentially bringing them onto this platform and creating this network of distribution, essentially, where the appropriate audience can have access to this content. Um, Absolutely. I think, yeah, that makes a lot of sense where, you know, <laughs> if you just get out of the English mindset and realize that there are lots of languages in the world, then you start right. to see the opportunity there. So that's right. fantastic. Um, so you, you essentially joined them uh, about a year and a half ago, right? Yeah. So I joined them in 2018 when they started the okay. six ventures and, and they were our first kind of invest uh, the, the company. Uh, but uh, uh, and just just uh, I would comment on 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 the topic that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. That another thing is that because uh, now the data is so cheap and with the mobile set also so cheap now in India, that now that penetration of internet has gone into so deep into tier two, tier three cities. Absolutely, and that's where the bulk of Indian population reside, right? So now. India has next 300 million internet users that are coming from tier two and tier three cities online, right? right. And that is where the entire, so that's what the entire, uh, the game of regional content has shifted. So instead of having just English only internet, now we want, or India needs to have its own internet. And, and that's where this movement started. Uh, but yeah, so coming back to that, uh, Matrubadi, yeah, so we uh, uh, started uh, association with Matrubadi in 2018. Um, at the time, they had about 200,000 subscribers, 200,000 users. Uh, they got pretty good content and they were into text-only format um, because people would write on their app and people would read it and all of that. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, so I've been with that company for two years now and uh, very, very, again, proud to say that we, uh, the Matrubati grew in last two years from 200,000 to 2 million uh, users. Wow. Uh, with, uh, yeah, with daily active of more than 50,000 users spending more than 40, 50 minutes a day uh, on our app. So just reading wow. and doing videos and all that. So that's just amazing. And we've got more than 40,000 authors who are actively writing on our platform. So, and we also shifted into two audio visuals as well. Uh, so uh now we created the ott platform um so because now ott is also name of the game uh yep. so we wanted to make sure that because see if you want the youngsters also to be engaged on your platform you need to cater them the content that they are interested in in the way that they are interested in and are used to 
So Absolutely. of course they are now all used to on demand, short content, regional content, uh, kind of and quality content first of all. So Absolutely. so started or uh, able to cater that. So we've grown. And plus, out of Gujarati now, we've gone into nine different Indian languages as well. So that's been journey in the last two years. Uh, and uh, as I said, the space is picking up uh, a very, uh, it's so hot right now in India. So everybody's talking about regional content. Absolutely. So, yeah. so that's the journey. So I'm, I, I definitely want to learn more about this company and I'm, I'm going to ask you to, for the CEO's contact uh, after we finish here. But uh, you also connected with another company just uh, very recently. So tell me about that venture also. Yeah, so that, that was again, uh, uh, I think uh, when that guy, the CEO came to pitch me, he's a very young guy, uh, very ambitious guy. But uh, uh, when he saw that what COVID-19 did to all the businesses in 2020, uh, and uh, I'm sure in US is the same case, but in India, it's uh, because a lot of people depend on their local businesses uh, in India. So uh, uh, when he saw that so many of the, uh, the brick and mortar businesses uh, that just came to stand still and they had to shut down because of the COVID. And so he always thought that what can he do to help them uh, gain the footing again, you know? Right. And so that's where he came up. Uh, so the, the company, he what he proposed was that, that how can we come up with a model where each and everyone, no matter what that person's expertise is, can earn, you know? So earning was the focus. But how can we provide earning for everyone, each and everyone out there. So, uh, so the company's name is Kamai, and Kamai in Hindi means earning, yeah, literally income, so, literally, right? Exactly, right. So, uh, so the tagline is Kamai Gargarki. That means each and every household <laughs> should have an earning. So, so that this was a concept coming right at at, at a very right timing, and uh, again close to my heart because we all want to do so much for those who have suffered a lot in COVID times, right? So how can we do that? And we all have the, uh, the, the right intentions, but sometimes we just don't have right platform or the, the medium right. to express uh, what we can do, right? And so that's when I said that this is a great idea. Um, so this company just launched uh, its uh, Android app just last week. Uh, and uh, oh, wow. of course, iOS app will come soon, but uh, Right now, it's in the, the market positioning uh, stage. But uh, so this kind of concept and this kind of uh, uh, social enterprising and social entrepreneurship uh, type of ideas is now what Six and Venture or what I'm personally very much interested in investing and taking it forward. That's fantastic. And I, I love this idea of doing something that sort of helps your community and yes. helps your people. And I, I think that's such a great passion that you have that you're sort of bringing out into your community and, uh, you know, helping, helping uh, people around you directly. Um, because right. in IT space, you know, a lot of times we build products and, you know, we sort of sell them to people who we never meet, never shake hands with, right. and we never right. actually see the benefits of that product. Uh, right. So I, I love what you're doing and I, I really uh, sort of, uh, 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 sort of connect with that uh, with that uh, mindset. So, congratulations! Was, that sounds that sounds oh, fantastic. We're <laughs> yeah, right. super excited, and the journey has just begun. But we are very excited. 
uh, and another thing is double that uh, uh, this has to be commercially viable you know whenever you Absolutely. do anything entrepreneurship related work otherwise yeah ngo they are great and all that as well but when you make something commercially viable for everybody then it has a higher chances uh, of success and higher chances of doing long term you know and doing reaching out to many people so Absolutely. we always i always kept that equation also in mind that ultimately of course welfare and everybody's uh, uh, wellness is very important but it has to be commercially viable for everybody including for the investors for the company the founders and as also for the consumers who who come and uh, use our services so that's why we always make sure that there is a win 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 scenario absolutely and understanding that business uh, side of things is so critical especially when you're working in these sort of companies where the focus is really the community right uh, and i think that's the sort of mindset that your background you know last uh, exactly. 15 20 years of experience that's what what it brings right and and that is where that is where there is a synergy with these founders right so they they have great intentions they have great uh what you can say perseverance and everything tenacity everything but then uh where they would lack is of course that how to make it go long term how how we can translate this into something that business that business is viable business right and can sustain yeah. uh and and that's where because these are young kids of course and uh, so uh, that's where i think uh, we see that uh, the fitment has worked wonderfully well with uh, with the founders fantastic fantastic you you're doing so, such amazing things i feel like i can talk to you for another 3 hours about about <laughs> all of these companies that you're working with uh because it's so exciting when you sort of get into the nitty gritty it's uh, you know it, that that's sort of what makes me jump out of bed every morning too so <laughs> uh, uh, and when you are going to say something about uh, you are excited with i can also go on for my companies for hours you know because this is <laughs> right. something that I to do and i'm so excited about but yeah but absolutely yeah, absolutely so uh, uh unfortunately you know we'll continue our conversation offline but we'll wrap up this episode but sure. uh before i let you go i want to ask you this one question uh sure. and this is really the action step question for all of the founders who are sort of coming up uh, are sort of in, next in line and they're looking to get that investment they're looking to get version for their own company so they you know they uh, they can be guided to that kind of success what is the one piece of advice or one action step you can give give them to make sure that they're on the right track and make sure they connect with you if they get on the phone with you right uh so i think of course there are multiple parameters that uh, uh, we look into before we select uh, the company uh, for the investment but uh, i think what uh, after talking to so many founders or so many startup enthusiasts uh, in last so many years i think one thing that i always look for first even before looking into what they are doing or what they want to do is that what's the price they are willing to pay to make this happen right so many times what happens is that that many people or many youngsters many enthusiasts they have this idea and they have this uh, glorified vision of being an entrepreneur being a ceo you know they won't want that on their business card right founder <laughs> of a company 
uh, but we both know that uh, you know that uh, that's not it and uh, there is much more sweat and blood that goes behind that card and behind that title right um, so first and foremost what i see i i would i would evaluate in in anybody who comes into my door is that what's the price they are willing to pay you know to up to what extent they believe in making things happen and uh, many times they want to keep their part time job and they want to do something in part time on the vc's money vc's are smart right i mean we right. we know that like you know you want to uh, you know uh, have your cake and eat it too kind of stuff and you want to cover your bases you don't want to risk anything but you want to risk somebody else's money and time Right. So that kind of stuff is a, is a big no no for me. I don't know if I'm answering your question in a different way or not, but um, no, no, this is exactly it, right? No, this is one fantastic. Thing, one thing, if I want that, be ready to toil like anybody, like twenty four seven for uh, like unknown number of days. Uh, you have no idea what yep. the right is, and uh, so that kind of confidence, that kind of willingness to pay the price. At all the levels, financially, family level, social level, energy level, there are so many like mental level. It, it takes a huge toll, and uh, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Although everybody thinks that they want to be a CEO, so just first evaluate yourself that how much, how far you want to go, and uh, that's what I pursue. Uh, that's such a fantastic idea. You're you're absolutely right that. A lot of people don't realize the cost of starting a new venture, and that cost, like you said, it's not just financial. Certainly, it is because you know you have to leave your full-time job to focus on this full-time. So you're not going to be eating out to fancy restaurants every other week, or you're not oh, yeah. going to be you know traveling in luxury cars. That doesn't come until way later. Right now, it's time to sort of really buckle down and work. Very true. Very true. So that's what, uh, uh, and it's as I said, they they think it's it's cool to be a CEO and all <laughs> that. It is, but it's not just that. You know, it's a lot more uh, than that than yeah. just uh, being cool. So. That's such a fantastic idea. You have to earn the title. Exactly. That we should create a poster, put it up <laughs> for people that earn exactly. that title. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Darshan, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate uh, sort of learning from your experience and your knowledge. There are so many good uh, lessons that you shared with us in the last uh, half hour or 45 minutes that we've been talking. I really appreciate your time and uh, uh, everything that you're doing for Gujarat. I'm from Gujarat, so you know that we sort of have that bond. But uh, uh, I, I really appreciate that you're focused on that community and are really improving uh, the lives of the business owners that are there. So thank you very much for that. Um, and uh, thank you for coming on today. Um, hopefully, we'll continue the conversation soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dawal. Appreciate it. Thank you, Darshan. All right. Bye. Bye.